The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, welcome. It is Friday. Another weekend is here already, but first we got to get through this. Another 30 minutes of uh, educating you. The Disability Law Show is back for the next 30. John Scholes here, always Savannah Tamarkin, co-founding partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Do not hesitate ever to reach out. To Savan and his team, if you're dealing with an insurance company, maybe you're not getting your benefits, you've been told you're going to be cut off, you're getting kind of freaked out by him, it's the whole David and Goliath thing, maybe you've been told, nah, come on, appeal, we'll take care of you, don't do any of that, just bypass it all, make that phone call, talk to Savan and his team, again, toll free, one 821 5900 you can email which we're going to get to here in just a bit the email address anytime help at disabilityrights.ca and there's a website crafted recently called ltdfaq.ca why is that cool because it's super easy to use and completely informative about everything you need to know under the banner of ltd so you go there there's boxes you can click on drop down menus with each no legal speak it's very simple layman's terms to understand and it'll take you just a couple minutes to navigate the entire thing and get uh, get what you need again ltdfaq.ca we'll get into that a little later and the topic on the show uh, for this half hour tonight uh, savannah of course what you must do if you've been injured in a car accident or slip and fall and how and now can't work that is going to be very topical in the next few months unfortunately in this climate <laughs> it's going to well, be exactly. huge yeah, right. exactly. I mean, listen, we still want to enjoy as much as we can of the summer and, of course, the fall now. The reality is that winter is going to set in and we're going to have the same thing that happens every year, unfortunately, which is people getting into car accidents, falling because of ice and snow and just getting injured. Unfortunately, that's just part of our life. And people call us all the time, John, across Ontario to understand their rights and they're calling us because we're lawyers, my team of lawyers, myself. This is what we do. We do this on a day today basis where we help people navigate the laws and how to get compensation for the injuries that they've suffered through someone else's fault as a result of someone else being negligent. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. Some people out there, John, before I get into the topic, are very hesitant to make a claim for compensation. You know, they don't want to be one of those people who do this. And that's completely their choice. And I'm not telling people right now on the show or any show to make a claim for compensation if they're not injured or if, in fact, they're themselves at fault. Because, you know, sometimes people trip over their own feet. Sometimes we get into single car collisions. These things happen. Mm -hmm. But if someone else is responsible for your injury, let's say you slipped and fell on ice, and whoever it was, the municipality or the landlord, whoever it is, didn't take care of the area, well, they're, they're responsible for your injuries, and they likely have insurance to cover the compensation that you are owed. So it's up to you if you want to make a claim or not. All that I am trying to do here is make sure that you know your rights, that you know what you are entitled to, and that you understand the process by which you can actually get that compensation that you are owed by law. So let's start off here with the topic that you mentioned, John. What to do? What to do if you're injured in a car accident or a slip and fall or any kind of injury and now you can't work? So uh, first of all, most people understand that obviously if they can't work, you can apply yeah. for EI sick benefits, right? You're injured, uh, you are eligible for EI sick benefits, you can apply for that through the government. However, a lot of people also have benefits through work that they're not aware of, health benefits. And as part of the health benefits package, you have potentially access to short-term and or long-term disability payments. Now, those are insurance policies that were 
put in place specifically to ensure that if you are unable to work, you're unable to complete the tasks of your own employment, then you're able to access those. And short-term disability payments, they vary, but typically they pay about 80% of your pre-disability income while you're off work. Long-term disability pays, however, approximately uh, 60, 65, 70% even of your pre-disability income. And of course, we can help with that. If you're injured in a car accident, however, you're entitled also to accident benefits through your own automobile insurer or the automobile insurer of whoever injured you in the first place. And those benefits typically go for about $400 a week for income replacement. Uh, That's usually the cap unless you have optional benefits that uh, you had paid for. You know, it's it's interesting. The EI sick benefits, a lot of people don't even realize that particular mechanism is there, right? Yeah, no, they don't know. In fact, most people don't understand at all what their rights are. And the reality is you are able to apply for them. There are different government programs you can apply for, by the way. Right. And John, you mentioned at the top of the show, this website we have, ltdfaq.ca. It's not just, yeah, it's not just for long-term disability. It's basically a collection of memorandums that my team and I have prepared over the last year or so, allowing people to understand uh, or, or to get answers to the most frequently asked questions. And one of those is how to access certain government programs for financial assistance. And you will see, if you go there, there is a memo. It doesn't cost anything. You don't have to sign up for anything. You literally can just click on that memo. It's a two or three page memo, I think. Uh, and it just contains all the information you need. And we're putting those memos out. Uh, every once in a while, we add memos to that website, again, for free to the public, so that people can get informed and can understand what their rights are and what they can do in certain circumstances. Again, guys, we're talking ltdfaq.ca, but here and now the uh, topic is what you must do if you've been injured either in a car accident, slip or fall, and now can't work. Number two is speak with you guys. Speak with us about potential legal claim against whoever caused that accident to find out what compensation you may be owed. That's, That's a huge priority. It is absolutely a huge priority because you may have a claim against whoever caused your injury or whoever was at least partially responsible for your injury. Again, be it a slip and fall, a car accident, any other type of injury. And remember, generally, these entities, these individuals, whoever's caused your injury, usually they have insurance, whether it's car insurance, uh, the municipality, you know, they'll have their own insurance that can respond to this. If it's a landlord, you know, in a plaza or a sidewalk, whatever it was that caused your accident, your injuries, you may be entitled to compensation, but you need to understand what the timelines are. Sometimes there are notice provisions. You have to provide certain notice to be able to claim your compensation with a certain period of time. And in Ontario, to start uh, a, a legal claim for pain and suffering and for other damages like income replacement, income loss, etc., uh, you typically have two years from the date of the incident, of when the incident occurred, the accident occurred, to claim that compensation. But again, remember, there may be other time limitations and notice provisions that you need to adhere to which is why we tell people, John, contact us and we will give you the information you need. No obligations. We're not going to force you to do anything, but then you will know what you can do and what you can get. I want to talk a little more about this, and then we're going to flip over to some email with the remaining time. But in the meantime, you want to call Savannah and his team anytime, toll-free. That would be 1-855-821-5900. Email help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue the Friday night edition of the Disability Law Show. Stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. 
And welcome back. Just before you head into your weekend, uh, welcome back. Disability Law Show here on a Friday night. Savan Tamarkin, co-founding partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Do not hesitate ever to uh, to reach out to Savan and his team. If you are dealing with a, a long-term disability insurer, maybe you've been cut off, asked to appeal, just confused about the whole process. Believe me, it doesn't take much. Use that toll-free number that we always give out, one 855 to 15900 the website disabilityrights.ca there you will find the uh, the media tab and you'll find our long running tv show is uh, there as well also 30 minutes on the small screen so you can check those out anytime you like all right we were talking about this before the breaks and before we slide into some email and that is what you must do if you've been injured in a car accident or a slip and fall and now can't work as you mentioned as we mentioned off the top of the show a short time ago in the next couple months this is going to be right in everybody's uh, headlights you know slip and falls away Weather's going to change. It's going to get a little chaotic out there. So we're just arming people with what they need to know. Point number three was this. What you must do must do, is see your doctor and treatment providers, for that matter, regularly and follow all treatment recommendations. you got to do that. you got to do that. And, and more than that, John, uh, you know, when you first get injured, when the incident happened or the accident happens, you need to get checked out. You may not think you're injured. You may have a little bit of pain in your back, uh, maybe be disoriented or something may bother you, but you don't think you should go to the doctor you don't want to go to the emergency room because you're going to wait for hours it's really important to understand that contemporaneous medical records will go a long way if you in fact end up advancing a legal claim insurance companies when they're dealing with these claims and i'm talking now as somebody who used to work for insurance companies in the past defending these kinds of claims we want to see that the person got uh, medical attention fairly quickly after the accident because if they did not we draw a conclusion from that we think if that happens or it did not happen that the individual was simply not injured or the injuries were not significant so why are they now starting that legal claim for compensation now and so it's really important to understand that you should get checked out shortly after you were in an accident to make sure everything is recorded any injuries are recorded any pains anything like that is in the medical records now to get back to your point john you need to see your doctor and whatever treatment providers you are going for, whether it's a chiropractor, whether it's a massage therapist, a physiotherapist, a specialist, maybe you tore a ligament, maybe you fractured your knee, something happened, you may need to see an orthopedic surgeon. You need to go see these doctors. You need to follow whatever recommendations your doctor or doctors are giving you and whatever your treatment providers are giving you. You must follow those recommendations, not only so you can get better, because that's absolutely key. That's even more important, obviously, than the legal side of things. But also, from the legal side of things, if the insurance company down the road checks out your medical file and doesn't see you following up with your doctors, following up and doing the treatments that they're recommending, again, they're going to take the view that your injuries are clearly not that significant, which means, or equates to, less money by way of compensation. I mean, common sense, John, think about this for a second. If you're injured and you're saying, I sustain a very serious injury to my back or to my shoulder or my knee or whatever, and yet you're not going to the doctors, you're not going to your physiotherapist, you're not going to whoever it is that's supposed to be treating you for months and months on end, if you're the insurance company looking at someone like that, are you going to think they have a serious injury or are you going to think, nah, they're just making something up or they're inflating uh, you know what their injuries are so you need to understand that the insurance company is looking at this from a documentary standpoint yes you're a human being you're more than just a sum of your documents but the documents tell a certain story and if you do not follow whatever the treatments are that are recommended by your doctors if you do not do what you're supposed to do and follow up with your doctors 
The insurance company is going to draw conclusions from that, and those conclusions generally will equate to less money being paid to you for your injuries, for your pain and suffering, for your treatments, and for any other heads of damage you're claiming for. Let's move on to some emails. I uh, love this. Thank you so much in, in advance for uh, for writing in. Your email may appear on a future show as well. This one from Nelly says, uh, Savannah, my husband and I were hit head on by a drunk driver recently in our motorhome. We went to the hospital to get checked for the internal bleeding, and we were both okay. My husband has developed lower back pain, uh, which he will receive treatment for with our vehicle medical benefits insurance. Uh, I'm suffering from anxiety and mental trauma caused by the accident. I will also receive some kind of treatment. Do we have the option to sue the driver or his insurance for pain and suffering caused by the accident? The driver was charged with impaired. Yes, absolutely, Nelly. I'm very sorry to hear that this is what you went through and you and your husband. Uh, and look, I mean, John, unfortunately, these kinds of things happen. Uh, and, you know, the reality is that all of us who are drivers and have car insurance there are provisions in our policies that stipulate that we're not allowed to do certain things against the law, and obviously drinking and driving is against the law. So in those situations, uh, typically what happens is that, you know, if you're dealing with a drunk driver or someone who, again, has has breached the terms of their policy, or even if you have a situation where, uh, you know, you were hit, let's say, from behind. I had a client uh, last year that were hit, hit from behind pretty badly. And my client lost consciousness, and that driver fled the scene. We didn't know who it was. There are safety guards in place to allow you to make a claim against your own insurance company for that same type of damages that you would otherwise be able to go after against whoever was at fault. Now, what that's called, what's that called, without being too technical, is the OPC of 44. Anyone who's listening here who's going to look at their automobile insurance policy uh, will see or should see, or if they don't see, they should ask their insurance company or broker for it, uh, for a, an endorsement called the OPCF44R. And that means that to the extent that you cannot make a claim against whoever was at fault for the accident, you can make a claim against your own insurance company for those same damages. Now, in this case, Nellie is talking about the fact that you know they were both okay after the accident, but the, her husband developed lower back pain. Uh, he's getting certain insurance. Uh, uh, certain insurance benefits, etc. Uh, the reality is that if their injuries and damages are going to be long-standing, you know, when she says they're okay, I don't know what that means. If they're okay, meaning that they're not as bad as they were when the accident happened, that's fantastic, but they could still be impaired in the long term. So if her husband, for example, is unable to work as a result of this accident, uh, he's going to have a claim against that drunk driver. Now, that drunk driver's insurance policy may be less than what it would otherwise be had the driver not been drunk, Again, there are technical reasons for this, but we would be bringing in uh, Nellie's and her husband's car insurance into the equation. So, you know, this can get very technical. And again, I don't want to get into it except to say that both Nellie and her husband are entitled to certain benefits, both in terms of treatment type benefits, meaning money for treatments to get better, income replacement benefits if they can't work, as well as make a claim for pain and suffering and for future income losses and for other damages, other losses that they have incurred and will incur in the future. And and this, again, can get very complex, which is why we tell people, John, to give us a call. And after the show, I'll get in touch with Nellie and her husband. We'll have a detailed conversation about their accident. uh, And I'll explain to them everything, exactly what they can and cannot do, what the timelines are. And then they'll be empowered and they'll be able to make a decision on how to proceed. Nelly, appreciate it. You've got the email. Obviously, I'm going to give you the phone number just in case you didn't uh, get that down as well. one 821 
5900. Let's get on to uh, to George. Thanks in advance, George, for uh, participating in the show. Uh, tonight says, I was recently shopping at my local grocery store in the produce aisle, and a highly stacked produce cart hit me from behind with quite a thump. And around noon hour, the employee immediately apologized, and I was quite shocked. I did feel some discomfort. He was then said to another clerk that he just arrived to work and seemed quite perplexed. I told him I thought it was all right, but did report this to the overall manager, and he just took my name with no other particulars. I was a very active 71-year-old senior, and now I'm having a lot of mobility issues and wonder if this is something I should pursue further. Well, George, I think you should. Clearly, you were hit. Uh, It wasn't your fault. Uh, it was the employee. It was the employee's fault. And and remember something here that you know when we're looking at fault for injuries, we're not looking at intentional acts. Um, it doesn't mean that this employee on purpose hit uh, yeah. George, right? I mean, and in fact, you know, the vast majority of people who contact us, they contact us because they were injured because of the negligence, meaning without intention, without 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 uh, someone wanting to hurt them, but it still happened. In this case, the grocery store would be responsible for whatever injuries George has suffered. Now, it's a good thing that he has spoken to the manager because there would likely have been an incident report that was created, again, contemporaneously, which we're going to want to see. And George is, uh, you know, is in his 70s. And listen, I, my father is in his 70s. I know a lot of people who are in their 70s and 80s, and some are a lot more mobile and active than others. And if George was, in fact, an active senior and now he's having mobility issues, you got to question what are the injuries he suffered here? Was it simply a sprain to his back? Was it a disc herniation? Was there something else? We would want to understand the extent of his injuries. And to the extent now that he has issues with mobility, what does that mean? Does he need assistive devices? Does he need now to alter the way that his apartment or house is built? You know, some people who are injured uh, need ramps put in, you know, or, or even elevators in their houses, or they have to be moved to a home because they can't live on their own anymore. All these things cost money and they can be in the tens of thousands of dollars. And so in this case here, John, I would want to speak with George. I'd want to understand exactly what happened, a bit more specifics. And I want to talk to him about, you know, what exactly he lost by way of, of mobility and in terms of the pain and suffering he's experiencing daily. Because the reality is that a case like this could get into the six figures when it comes to settlement if, in fact, his life has now been altered, if he needs more help. I'll give you another example. Let's say uh, George, uh, you know, before this was completely independent, meaning he cleaned his house, his apartment. Uh, if, he, if, he, if he's married, maybe, you know, he and his uh, uh, spouse uh, have gone on trips together and, and he's, you know, mowed his lawn. I don't know. And now he needs somebody to come in and help. Somebody to come in and help and clean the place, somebody to help with the snow, somebody to help with the grass. These are all expenses that are compensable by the insurance company that insures that grocery store who employed the employee who injured him. Now again, I want to make it clear, if George is not injured, then he shouldn't make a claim. But if he is injured, which apparently he is, well then he's entitled to make a claim. The law allows him to do that and allows for him to get compensation. So that's what I want to make sure people understand, that I'm not suggesting people get compensation that they don't deserve. I'm simply informing people of what they can get by way of compensation from these insurance companies who insure these entities like this grocery store in the event of negligent causing them, negligence causing them injury and damage. You know, it's interesting. This, this case is, you know, him getting hit behind by a car. But sometimes, you know, to your point of, 
of have of due diligence in this case if you're you know in a grocery store and you slip on uh, not to make a joke of it you slip on a banana or there's wet parts on the floor hasn't been marked always take those pictures too right of and and i guess that goes for seasonal changes with ice and slip and falls that we talked about <laughs> from the top of the show try to get some contemporaneous evidence right Absolutely. Abs- that's 100%. Nowadays, everybody has a, a phone, you know, a smartphone. Uh, if you can, get photographs or videos or get someone to take f- photos or videos of whatever caused you the injury. If it's a slip and fall and there was a lot of ice, there was no salt, uh, the area was not taken care of, please take photos, take videos, get someone to do it. Not tomorrow, but today, as yeah. soon as possible after the injury has occurred. And John, a lot of people... They put now cameras in their cars, right? In real time, you can record whatever is in front and behind you. And so when there is an accident, let's say somebody is making an improper turn, well, there is no question as to who's at fault because we have camera footage. So that's big, big uh, stuff as well. Again, the more contemporaneous notes, records, uh, visual records we have, the easier it is to deal with claims like this and get a resolution and compensation as quickly as possible for our clients. And again, reaching out any time, it's, uh, it's simple, one 821 5900 to get a hold of Savan and his, uh, his awesome team at help at disabilityrights.ca. That's the email address we always go to on the show. And that's uh, for you anytime as well. I'll try to get Amelia in here as well. Amelia says, hey, Savan, I'm appealing the denial of my LTD claim. Appealing. My deadline to submit is November 30th of this year. I feel pretty confident I will have the appeal done before that date. However... I want to know if I still have any recourse should a second denial is made. Well, Amelia, I mean, that depends. I think so based on the date you've given us. But, you know, the reality is that you're appealing your uh, denial, right? I mean, this is your second denial. And we talk about this a lot, about the fact that when you are denied long-term disability, you should not be appealing these denials. Why? Because you're appealing it to the exact same people, same company that denied you in the first place. I tell people, if you want to be like a hamster and run on the wheel, you know, at the behest of the insurance company, you're going to waste a lot of time, effort, you're going to get frustrated and potentially walk away from money that's owed to you. A better choice is to give us a call and then we can help you. We do this on a daily basis. We resolve these kinds of claims with these insurance companies all the time. They know us and we know them. And so the the, the response that I will give you is this, uh, you have, generally speaking, two years from the date of your first denial to start a legal claim against the insurance company. Now your deadline to submit the second appeal here seems to be November 30th, 2022, so I suspect you still have time. Uh, and if you're denied, give us a call, but I would suggest you give us a call now because the reality is we could probably help you now much faster than any appeal and at the same time get you probably more money than otherwise you would get had you simply uh, uh, appealed, got denied, appealed, got denied, and potentially started a claim later. Amelia, you know, moral of the story, reach out and stop doing what you're doing because it's, uh, you know, you're a hamster on a wheel for sure. So you can do that by uh, making that phone call because you got the email address, which, by the way, for everybody else, help at disabilityrights.ca. But the phone number as we wrap it up here on a Friday, 1-855-821-5900. Any other questions, by the way, free and anonymous, you can be asked at mydisabilityquestions.com. That's a good website because it was built and engineered with a searchable database, meaning you can search to see if a question like yours has been asked in the past read the full answer save some time if not leave it there and it will get answered as well again my disabilityquestions.com enjoy your weekend we'll return on the weekend as well with another edition of the disability law show
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.